1: You are now listening to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, where we talk all things related to mental health, life lessons, and the culture. My goal is to help each and every listener pursue and center wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Shonda, licensed clinical psychologist. Now let's get into it. I say it's the confidence for me? It's the confidence for me. I need you to, to say it confidently. Say it's the confidence for me. It's the confidence for me. Confidence for me. brought here for Labor um, and based on those traumas that we experienced during slavery, some of those same behaviors, the attitudes, um, you know, the belief systems that we adopted as slaves can be passed down to generations after that. Um, and that is why we see like the hyper. Yeah, Amen. You're a treasure. Um, Dr. Chandra Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, thank you so I'm much. i shutting never and listening. I'm learning so much. Yeah. What's up, family? It's Dr. Shonda. Listen, so many of you have been saying such great things about the podcast, and I'm appreciative of all the information and things that you guys share. So it is my pleasure to share dope conversations with you every single week, but I need your help. I need you to go into wherever you're listening to this podcast and rate the podcast five out of five stars. That's right. If you're not a hater, then go ahead into Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you're listening to this podcast, and go ahead and leave your girl a five out of five stars. Thanks so much. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You are now tuned in to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, where we talk about all things related to mental wellness, the culture, and our faith. I'm your host, Dr. Shonda. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and you know, everything else that I like to do. Y'all know I like to dabble in this and a little bit of that. Uh, (laughs) But no, I appreciate you for tuning in to yet another episode. If you are listening to this episode, I need you to do me a favor and I want you to go into wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it is an Apple podcast, Spotify, Our Hair Radio, or wherever else. And I need you to rate and subscribe to the podcast. So rate it a five star, leave a little comment. And follow the podcast so that you can be updated for everything that we have going on. In addition to that, make sure that you guys are tuned in to our text community. You can do this by texting podcast to 21000. Again, that's podcast to 21000. Uh, it is our little community where we kind of talk and have conversation about some of the things that you guys want to hear about on the podcast. And I'm so appreciative of the voices that I have in there uh, who aren't afraid to say, listen, I want you to talk more about this or I want you to, you know, hit on that and this, that and the third or whatever. So I really appreciate it. Um, in addition to that, again, it is Women's History Month. Yeah, excuse the sirens. Y'all know we in Baltimore, <laughs> um, but it is Women's History Month. So this month we are highlighting uh, women and things that they are doing in the community. So I'm gonna go ahead and they would kind of like pass by the street the moment I hit play, <laughs> but we're gonna highlight. Uh, A woman who I admire in our Hot Off the Press segment. So y'all know our segment of Hot Off the Press. We are specifically talking about mental health in the news, uh, what we can take from it, and how we can interpret things from the lens of psychology. Because psychology is literally happening all day, every day around us. So it's just a matter of knowing how to conceptualize it and view it from that lens. Uh, So I want to highlight a woman making history. Y'all know Friend of the pod, my homegirl, Dr. Afia. She is no uh, stranger to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. Y'all know she's been here. She's talked about her work with psychotherapy. She's a black woman psychologist. She developed psychotherapy, which is a, a platform or a, a, a theory that she created about um, having an intra, entry point to mental health uh, from psycho- or stylists and barbers, uh, an entry point to mental health based in black communities. Y'all know that when we go into the salon, when we go into the barbershop, we don't just have stylists. We don't just have, you know, barbers or what have you. These are people that we talk to about our problems, people that we talk to about, uh, we, we trust these individuals with, our, with advice, right? And so she created Psychotherapy to train barbers and stylists and salons on how to have, uh, to be responsive in terms of mental health and provide them with like a mental health first aid kit. So that's why she created Psychotherapy. but y'all already knew that, right? That's not the news. So if you've been watching uh, the media, if you've been tuning into Extra TV, which highlights like, you know, beauty lifestyle stuff, she was actually featured on there for an event that she had with Maui Moisture and they announced that Maui Moisture is donating, is going to donate $100,000. Whew, I got chills by saying that, donating $100,000 to Psychoherapy to help Dr. Afia with her initiative. And I just want to say shout out to my girl, my sis, uh, my mentor, Dr. Afia and Shaka for uh, developing Psychoherapy, for believing in it and for pushing that. To, to our community and now to Maui Moisture for, for promising her these funds to help fund the psychotherapy initiative. And I thought it was just so ironic for this thing just to transpire and unfold in the same week that we're transitioning out of Black History Month and into Women's History Month because that is black woman history right there. Uh, I don't know if they've ever had some sort of collaboration like that before with another black woman psychologist, but yeah, it's lit. Um, so I went to the event. Dr. Afia invited me to the New York event. It was at the Maui Moisture headquarters. It was bomb, y'all. I'm still like creating my reel so y'all can get highlights and stuff like that from TikTok and Instagram on my pages there. But it was amazing. They had individuals like, you know, Myleek, who's in the, the natural hair care setting. They had, you know, uh, editors and, you know, CEOs of different, like, natural hair people like people who i watch on youtube they were there on this panel with dr afia when they had announced that they're donating this $100,000 to her um they had like little little hors d'oeuvres i'm like oh this is fancy fancy like they they had the finger sandwiches like i want okay dr afia we see you uh the the colors were amazing like everything was vibrant and gorgeous like everything looked so bomb i'm so proud of my friends and it really just shows how and something that I always drive to my students, whenever I'm teaching, I drive to uh, people who want to be in this profession. Look beyond just being in the classroom. If you want to be a psychologist in the classroom, that's fine. If you want to be a psychologist with a private practice or in an office, that's fine. If you want to be a psychologist in a hospital, that's fine. But also don't abandon your passions for uh, you know, psychology. You can merge the two. I know psychologists who work in entertainment and in creative spaces. I know psychologists who work in the beauty industry. I know psychologists who are working, you know, in, in movie settings, like on TV shows. You don't just have to kind of like uh, fit into some sort of perceived box uh, if you don't want to, right? So me personally, I enjoy being in the in the classroom. I enjoy being in private practice. And also, I enjoy media. I enjoy talking to y'all. I enjoy podcasting. Like these are, I, I love doing those things. I love you know, the fact that Dr. Afia has taken over the beauty industry as a psychologist. So for those of you who are wanting to be in the psychology field, you want to be in that realm, again, don't let, you know, this cookie cutter image of what a psychologist is supposed to do or look like, don't let that pigeonhole you into just saying like, well, I just, I I guess I got to settle for, you know, just doing X, Y, and Z. No, you can dream big and follow your passions and you know all the things that you're looking for the resources they will find you when you're focused on your values and your passions the resources will find you and so i hope that y'all take that away from uh, this month's, this week's hot off the press segment so we're going to go ahead and transition into this week's topic This is a topic that was submitted by um, a a listener of the podcast, and I truly enjoy when y'all submit your questions and suggestions regarding what you want addressed in our specific uh, topic. So today's topic, we are talking about how to identify a toxic relationship. Identifying toxic friendships, identifying, uh, you know, toxicity in relationships with one another. Granted, I am a firm believer that sometimes we tend to overuse words on social media, such as, you know, gaslighting, narcissism, uh, toxic, like all those things tend to be overused, right? Uh, but so it's important for us to have a thorough understanding of what we mean by a toxic friendship. Uh, and I, again, I appreciate the person who submitted this suggestion, but I just wanted to define it really quickly. So and when an individual is involved in a toxic friendship, we are talking about a friendship that we're essentially saying that that friendship is then harmful to that person. It's no longer, uh, you can be in a relationship that's no longer serving you, but it's not toxic, if that makes sense. You, you know, you can, you know, have a, a longtime friend that you feel like the relationship is no longer reciprocal, but it doesn't mean it's toxic. If we're saying that a relationship is toxic. We are essentially talking about being in a harmful, detrimental relationship marked by like, you know, conflict or uh, negative patterns of interaction. Like we're, we're talking about that when we say toxic Friendships. So I just wanted to kind of like lay that foundation so that we all can be aware of and be on the same page with what it means to be a toxic or to be in a toxic relationship. But just to kind of give you guys the background, um, looking at when, when doing some research on this specific topic, I found some significant research findings regarding what uh, being a t- in a toxic friendship can do.
0: When something happens to your kitchen, you might say
1: this is ludicrous.
0: State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.
1: Due to an individual, and granted, I've realized that we are in the era of social media where people think that doing research means you hit Google, uh, but I'm a psychologist. <laughs> uh, when I say I do research, we're looking at peer-reviewed articles, beloved. We're not just taking the word of Wikipedia and other things. Uh, so, so looking at peer-reviewed articles, there was a study published uh, in the Journal of Social and Professional Relationships, and they found that individuals who had high levels of conflict and negativity in their friendships reported higher levels of depression and anxiety higher levels of depression and anxiety so so these individuals who were in these harmful detrimental relationships they impacted their that their overall mental health and impacted their anxiety levels their depressive symptoms like the, all these things were impacted there was another study published in in another journal and they found that individuals who were in toxic friendships reported higher levels of stress and lower levels of life satisfaction. So not only did the the, the, uh, toxic relationship impact that specific relationship, but it also impacted the individual's overall life satisfaction, how they were experiencing life overall Was being impacted by the toxicity in this relationship and this is why it is so important for us to audit our relationships i am a firm believer that just because you have longevity in a relationship doesn't necessarily mean that it is a beneficial relationship it doesn't mean that it is a a, a helpful relationship it doesn't mean that it is a healthy relationship we have to constantly Audit our relationships. Just like, you know, April's coming up, we're gonna be auditing, uh, we're going through our expenses and going through taxes and business transactions. We have to go through our relational transactions too. Otherwise, we might be stuck in harmful, toxic relationships without even realizing it because we have a tendency to normalize things simply because uh, we, we find them uh, just repetitive. It's something that we're used to. We tend to normalize things that we're we're used to. We tend to uh, see things that see things that are normalized as though it is adaptive, right? Just because I normalized it does not mean that it is adaptive. If you notice that there is there that your relationships, your friendships are are high in conflict. They're they're no longer. Uh, serving you, then you are allowed to set boundaries with those individuals. You don't have to stay in those relationships. So some of you might be wondering, okay, we talked about how toxic relationships can impact you on a mental health level. Yeah, I kind of knew that already, but also how do you identify if a relationship is toxic? Friend, I am so glad you asked that because That is something that we need to review today, okay? So go ahead, take out your pens and your notebooks. Class is in session. So thinking about toxic relationships, toxic friendships, and what that means to us, of course, it can be challenging to identify, okay, what's toxic versus what's just, you know, that's just my friend, or, you know, that's just how they are. That's just their personality, right? We, We tend to say that about a lot of people. Oh, that's just how that person is. That's just... You know, that's just how how they are. But here's how we can identify if a friendship is toxic. And this is according to the research published in the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships. So according to this article, it says that one of the signs of a toxic friendship is feeling drained after spending time with that friend. Feeling drained after spending time with that friend. Now granted, we all have to be mindful that it may not always be our friends that makes us feel drained, right? I always say to my friends, listen, y'all, if we going out the country, we going on vacation, I'm good after three to four days. After that, I'm going back to the States. Like, I'm going back home. Only because I know that my social battery gets drained after about a good three days of group activities. After that, I'm good. And it has nothing to do with my friends. They're great, they're, you know, fun. They're, you know, we, we can relax together. That's great, but I know my social battery and it don't be there all the time. <laughs> Um, So so when kind of like looking at this specific thing, we're not necessarily saying that we feel drained because of our own type of social battery or we feel drained because of our own things that we have going on. But we're saying we feel drained because of this other person, because of how they might make us feel, right? If you feel as though, you know, if I have to prepare to be around this person, if I have to kind of like prepare myself mentally, if I got to get prayed up, in my prayer closet just to spend time with my friend? Is it a toxic relationship? Like, what are we doing, beloved? Like, or do you have to, like, work yourself up just to, to be around this person? So, so that's one sign that we have of identifying a toxic relationship, feeling drained after spending time with that person. Sign number two, feeling like you have to constantly walk on eggshells around them. We're gonna let that one marinate. We're going to let that one marinate um, because I, I believe sometimes we, we tend to normalize this type of functioning in a relationship, right? We tend to normalize like, oh, you know, that's, that's just my friend. I, I just got to, you know, watch what I say around them or I have to walk on eggshells. You never, you never know how they're going to respond. You never know, you know, what's going to tick them off. But is that someone who you want in your space? Now, granted, if you function like that, that's fine if you don't have a problem with it. But me, myself, personally, I don't want to feel like I'm walking on eggshells around anybody. I want to be able to show up as authentically me without feeling like I have to uh, restrain myself or, or say certain things in a perfect way, right? I, you know, my profession is, is basically around being able to present myself and to hold space for my clients, right? So they're uh, a, professional, uh, a professional individual of how, however you identify as. Um, a professional psychologist, of course, there's going to be some level of restriction to like what you say to your clients and what you, the things that you say versus the things that you don't say. So if I already find myself having to restrict myself in this one area, when I'm around my friends, like I want to be authentically me and hey, you can't blame me for that. But I would not, I refuse to be in any sort of friendship where I feel like I, I have to be, like I have to put on that, um, I have to filter what I say and what I don't say in the same way that I do in the professional setting. Like we're uh, we not doing that. In 2023, like a lot of y'all need to free yourselves from that, like it's not healthy. So let, let's just move on from that. Um, <laughs> number three, feeling like they're always putting you down Feeling like they're always putting you down. Like, is, is this the type of friend that's constantly telling you things that you're doing wrong or things that, you know, that you should improve on in terms of like appearance or, you know, how you made your, your mannerisms. Like, granted, it's great to have friends who can say like, hey, this, it, it might benefit you if you were to work on X, Y, and Z. I love those types of friends. I'm here for constructive criticism. But if it's just criticism and it's constant and there's no like constructive nature around it, Beloved, you're toxic. Like I don't know how else to define that. Like this is no longer a beneficial relationship to me, right? So, so it's important for us to to identify that. And lastly, feeling like they're never happy for you and your accomplishments. Feeling like they're never happy for you and your accomplishments. So, so with this specific category, this is the friend who you say, "Hey girl, I got a raise. Hey girl, I got a promotion." hey girl or bro like i got this new position at work i got this new contract and they're like oh okay like that that should be a red flag right there that should be a red flag because anytime you have someone in your friend circle who is happy for you and who who's excited about your future who who wants to see you win they're going to be excited about the things that you have going on you shouldn't have to tiptoe around news that you want to tell your friend, right? It shouldn't work like that. There should be a certain level of vulnerability that you should be able to, to offer your friends. I, I know there are certain accomplishments that I feel like, you know, I can't share on social media, right? I feel like there are certain things like, okay, so last year, the end of last year, I had a a financial accomplishment. I'm like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable sharing this on social media. Let me take it to the group chat, right? And I knew because I have a safe space of friends who won't respond in a toxic way, I know that they would be just as happy for me as I would be for them if they said X, Y, and Z. And it's reciprocal. They can come to me with news, right? So, you know, one of my best friends, they just got a new apartment. Another best friend bought a new uh, home. Another, uh, really, one of my really good friends, um, she got a new position at um, a Toyota in Nashville. Like I'm, I legit love to see my friends winning and excelling in life, period. And that's how it should be. But if you're in a position where you feel as though your friends are not cheering you on, then it might be time to consider a different group of friends. Because why are we dealing with like the bare minimum of friendships in 2023? Like you know, we're too grown for this. We're, we're too grown for this. So, so if, we, if you went through these signs, and I'm going to just review them just for the sake of understanding and clarity. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So some of the signs of a toxic friend uh, include feeling drained after you spend time with them, feeling like you have to constantly walk on eggshells, and feeling like they're always putting you down, and they're never happy for your accomplishments, again, we got this from the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships, then your friend beloved might be kind of toxic. And when we say toxic, we're talking about being harmful. And then that's when we need to start learning and identifying ways to set boundaries or ending relationships with toxic friends. Like I said before, just because it's a friendships have longevity, just because there's longevity in relationships does not mean that it is a healthy and adaptive relationship. We have to learn how to decipher the two. So I hope that y'all hear me. Part two, we're going to be talking about ways to set boundaries with toxic friends. I felt like this was a lot of Uh, It wasn't a lot of information, but it was heavy information. And, you know, I just want y'all to ponder a bit and think about your relationships. Come back next week and we're going to talk about how to what we do, like the next step of that, how we set boundaries. Uh, So make sure y'all are tuning into the podcast. And don't forget, you have the power to create the emotions that you want to experience. God bless. See y'all next week.
0: When something happens to your kitchen, you might say
1: this is ludicrous,
0: but that won't fix your home.